Yeah, we're live. Yay. Yeah. For some reason, the video didn't want to work. Yeah, so, so we are live, and today is episode four of From the Vault, and we are going to be talking about the infamous now Forbidden Door. So, yeah. you know, everyone likes to uh, kind of, I hate to say pretend, but kind of likes to act like this is something new, that the Forbidden Door never existed before Tony Khan kind of coined the phrase, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Uh, and let's, first off, I, w- I want to get on a soapbox a little bit here. Because I absolutely hate that freaking term. I despise it. It yeah. is stupid. <laughs> it is ridiculous. But it is one of those phrases that people have caught on to right now and they're gonna run it like, you know. Yeah. Well, and well, actually, the forbidden door is just in essence vernacular. It's a proper noun. It's something to call something that's going on in wrestling right now because up until this time, you really didn't see it that much, except for in the 90s or in the 80s, or if you want to go even further back than that. Um, but I think the real start of the Forbidden Door, at least for me in the era I grew up in, was Taz as a contracted WWE wrestler versus Mike Awesome, a contracted WCW wrestler fighting for an ECW championship in an ECW ring. Yeah, and that's something that definitely was a bit different. Something that was not seen, something was not... And I mean, honestly, if you want to get down to it, it had never been heard of. No. Like you said, a one wrestler that is contracted from one company competing with another wrestler that is under contract with another company for a third company's title in the third company's event. Yeah, like that was something that's never been heard of, never been seen. And for that to happen, I would say the precursor of what's now known as the Forbidden Door was Taz and Mike Awesome, in my opinion. Now, there probably was something that happened a little bit before that. But for me, as a wrestling fan growing up in the 90s, that was my first real taste of the Forbidden Door. Well, before that, we did have a a short-lived uh, NWA invasion of the WWE that had happened uh, a partnership between AAA Mexico and Vince McMahon and the WWE did happen in the 90s, early 90s uh, <clears throat> there was a slight invasion angle planned for Smoky Mountain Wrestling with WCW uh, but that didn't pan out very well just Due to Eric Bischoff. I mean, if you want to get straight about it, uh, basically what happened was uh, it was, I believe, it was supposed to be the Fantastics, and Jim Cornette showed up on, at WCW and they kind of ran down the company, you know, said this, said that, setting up this clash between the two. And the clash never happened because basically once, uh, it got in the hands of the editor. The video was all of the comments, everything that set everything up was removed from 
the video. So he now, just basically showed up. Now, was there a rumor of a possible ECW WCW invasion in the late nineties? I don't know certain that there was an invasion planned, but you got to look at the fact that it, at uh, mid nineties they had Sabu. Sabu well, was in WCW. Well, uh, you, late 90s, they had the Sandman. They had Raven. Well, if you listen, Mike Awesome, Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, if you listen to uh, Paul Heyman, um, apparently Todd Gordon was trying to negotiate some kind of deal where ECW would invade WCW and Bill Alfonso, which is what led to the match between him and Beulah McGillicuddy that saved Bill Alfonso's career because Bill Alfonso was one of the people that was on that call list with Todd Gordon about going to WCW. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised. WCW had always been a little more open. A lot of the higher-ups in WCW still had a lot of the territory mentality where they weren't necessarily this locked-in, locked-down mindset that the WWF had. Vince has always been very closed off, except in rare uh, conditions. Rare Mm -hmm. conditions, he would work with other companies. Uh, I've said it, and I know we've talked about it on the show before, you know, there is the Royal Rumble, where that uh, triple uh, triple A was a huge part of, and no, that was ninety seven and the Alamo Dome. Yeah, that you know there was a lot planned to interact, but it also shows exactly how little uh, Vince actually paid attention to his competitors. Everyone's well, got this idea where Vince does nothing well, but sit and watch this and watch that. He had. Mel Mascaris, the head of Triple uh, A, well, at the time, at the time they really wasn't competitors in '97. They were actually partners, and the famous story was he was going to have Mel Mascaris job out to I think it was the Road Dog or something like that. Well, yeah, it was a Road Dog, or who would become the Road Dog at that time? And he was the roadie. He was still with Jeff Jarrett. Actually, in '97, I think he became Double J. He became the real Double J, Jesse James. Um, well, he uh, that had not happened yet. It was he was still the roadie at that time. Oh, okay. Uh, again, he's had so many names, I've lost count. Um, but basically, he was going to have Mill a uh, job out to who would later on become the road dog. And then Jim Cornette said, "Do you like this partnership with AAA? You might not want to have him job out." And then they changed it. Um, yeah, where he was added to the Royal Rumble. And uh, allowed to eliminate himself. Yes. And that was was... actually working forward in another feud. He uh, did a high dive off of the top rope, which eliminated himself, but he still had attacked uh, the person he was working in the uh, angle with. Exactly. Um, Now, again, this Forbidden Door stuff, what do you think of the current incarnation of the Forbidden Door going all the way back to Kenny Omega showing up in Impact? Well, I think 
if we're going to go with Kenny Omega showing up an impact in New Japan and Triple A, uh, I think it shows exactly how not to do a forbidden door. And yeah. why, honestly, if you're going to really get down to it, there probably should be a forbidden door. Uh, well, simply because what did it do for impact? Honestly, it, it, impact became the redheaded stepchild throughout that entire partnership. Kenny Omega held three different titles. He held the uh, AEW, the impact and the um, AAA title. And literally on AEW Dynamite, you would see him like neglect the TNA championship or the AAA championship. Right. He would, I mean, he wouldn't even hold the titles on Dynamite. No. And then, the, and then, it, and then it'd be the same thing on Impact. And like literally, he beat half the roster on Impact decisively. And, and it was never, not even a competitive match. And you he, never really had a impact invasion of AEW just like you didn't really have an AEW invasion of impact unless you want to count Kenny Omega. Yeah. That's about well, it. You have them and wrestling really needs to stop this wrestling for years now is chasing that glory of the nineties. They're always going to be because let's face it, wrestling was uber popular both domestically and internationally in the nineties. Right. Every everyone wants to chase that elusive popularity that the not. I mean, come on, let's think about it. Going to the nineties, how many people forgot? How many people neglected their bills, neglected rent, neglected this to go to the pay per view or to order the pay per view? Yeah, it was it was at its peak. I think even in some extent, um, bigger than the rock and wrestling time of the eighties. Oh, very much so. I mean, I I don't think the nineties boom would have happened without the rock and wrestling. I'm sure it probably of the eighties, but I but, think a lot of what we saw in the nineties was a cultural shift, not only within wrestling, but in every aspect of pop culture at the time. It was just a cultural shift that just happened to happen. It was. It was. And it had to go to an edgier product. That was the main thing of it. It had to be edgier. You know, we sit and there are things that you and I watch on regular television that our grandparents would have thought was unthinkable in a movie theater. Yeah. Like it would have been banned. Yeah. You know, there. so there's a, always that change. Yeah. You know, you look at what the stuff like my mom used to watch and the stuff that I watch now was like horror and the, and things like that. Uh, there was even, uh, if you want to get into Dark Side of the Ring a little bit, they did the uh, XPW. Yeah. And he talked about, you know, or and I think we even talked about it a little bit, but he was like, you know, the guy that owned XPW also owned a porn company and his porn was considered extreme. Yeah. Well, now it's kind of commonplace. We desensitize ourselves to different levels of stimulus. 
Yeah, it's the same so, thing. It's the same thing. It's the same games. in wrestling. It's the same thing with video games. Look at how video games were whenever you were a kid versus how they are when versus how they were whenever I was a kid. I remember people protesting stores for selling Mortal Kombat One. Yeah. I mean, and that was taboo in that time. And that was taboo. But yeah. as it as it drug on later, we go from Mortal Kombat to Grand Theft Auto. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, the last, if we're going for video games, the last game I can remember that really had that Mortal Kombat heat behind it uh, would have to have been, uh, oh, Lord, I'm going to blank on the name. Um. Yeah, I, I'm, it's it's totally gone. I can't remember the name of it. This came out uh, latish two thousands, two thousand. I want to say two thousand six, two thousand like between two thousand six two thousand eight. Was it was it was it demonic? No. Um, this was actually a game where the whole idea was you snuck up and killed people. Um. Oh. So basically, there, kind of a ripoff of Grand Theft Auto. No, uh, this this made Grand Theft Auto look like Barney the Dinosaur. Mm. All right, you would like put a bag, <laughs> a plastic bag, over someone's head, pull it, and you would see like blood splurting out of their mouth, their eyes bulging. Yeah, and, and so, you would actually have to like control it to do it. Now let's navigate this back to professional wrestling. Um, well, it's just that simple. Like I say, what the thing of it is is a lot of people are chasing that that '90s boom. What was the big thing in the '90s? What was the thing that set off everything? It was coming down to two groups: the NWO and DX. Very much. So basically, when Kenny Omega was doing the belt collector gimmick, which when me, who can't stand Kenny Omega, heard about it, thought, this could be really good. And then, being Kenny Omega, he screwed it up. Yeah. Uh, but basically well, what you had can was you say that he Kenny really, Omega and the Good Brothers. Can you that say, was the mix. Can you say that he really screwed it up, or was it the booking that screwed it up? Well, I... I think Kenny probably has enough stroke to be able to say, hey, we should we should probably not do it this way. You know, so I but I think the main thing came in to Tony Khan was going to protect Omega regardless. Oh, without a and doubt. The only way to protect Omega and make AEW look like the top dog of the in the yard was to have what happened happen which is basically Omega walks in and literally destroys everybody on the roster. And yeah. like I said, it did not help impact. Impact was, was not, people, did not get anything from this, now, even people, though Christian held it. And yeah. even that, instead of letting one of the impact guys take the belt off of Omega, we have Christian, who was under AEW contract wrestle Kenny Omega on AEW for the impact title to drop it to somebody else. We don't well, even have them. The get reason, that. I think the reason why Christian was picked was because of his impact ties. Right. He did have ties to impact and I get that. And I, you know, I can kind of appreciate that level of it, especially since, you know, obviously he was not going to be getting the run like that in AEW. 
No. But and at the same time, still, you got to look at it from a fan perspective. Oh, yeah. From a fan perspective, there was BX. literally no one on the AEW roster that could take out Kenny Omega. So they had to go and get a guy that was on the uh, AEW roster to wrestle for their title. Oh, from a fan perspective, I can tell you how it was because literally me and you talked about it. It was complete and utter BS. Yeah, um, he killed the company. Without a doubt, he killed the company. He destroyed the company. He destroyed everything about AEW. He destroyed everything about Impact. He destroyed everything about AAA. It was just bad. Now, what I will say is this past week, the Forbidden Door stuff, whenever it, comes to, whenever it came to the Royal Rumble. Right. I think actually helped Impact better than that whole AEW partnership. Right. Because, I mean, she did come in. She uh, did not get eliminated early, so she did actually have a competitive match. And that's kind of the way you have to open the door. You can't just run through it. Right. You've got to kind of, oh, I didn't even realize that's, that's Sean. Hey, Sean. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, the name threw me there for a minute. Oh. <laughs> but that's exactly, you know, she put her foot she put her foot in the door. The foot the forbidden door might not be completely open, but it's at a it's a jar. Oh, but people and literally people are like, well, and and these are probably AEW fanboys. They're like, oh well, WWE buried Mickey James, and you say that AEW didn't do really good with Impact. Really, they eliminate Mickey James, and they have Lita do it. It's like well, okay, but at the same time, let me ask you a question. Okay. Uh oh. What was what's the biggest moment in Impact history right now? Yes, Kenny Omega appearing was a big moment. But right. right now, the biggest moment in Impact Wrestling history is the fact that Mickey James, the Impact Knockouts champion, showed up at the Royal Rumble and they acknowledged it. That, right. That's what we're talking about when we say this, whatever this was, if it was a one-off or whatever it's going to be down the road, made more of an quote-unquote impact for impact than AEW ever did. And it, it did because it would have been, and normally WWE method would have been Mickey James came out to her WWE music. She would have been bouncing around in the mini skirt, just like she always had. And she would have been that Mickey James. Yeah. Instead, instead we did. They get actually the let her come out to her impact team, acknowledged her as the impact knockout champion, let her come out with her belt and actually had her holding it up on television on WWE television yeah. during one of the big four pay-per-views. This and was a competitor's chump, a champion champion and literally, being acknowledged. literally on the nameplate. When Mickey comes out, they have the nameplate of who's coming out. It said Impact Woman's Champion on it. Right. So literally, this was probably the most impact that Impact's ever gotten when it comes to professional wrestling since I would say 2006. And, you know, you're, I, can, I can say it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the thing of it is, 
because of the way it was handled. Mickey James didn't come out there and have to dominate half the roster. No, she, she didn't. didn't come out there and have a, you know, she, she went out there, she did her spots. She worked out good. She got eliminated and there we go. There's the fact that. Of it, is, it left a clean taste in both companies mouths because she was acknowledged. She was treated as a champion. And still, she didn't push for anything in the WWE. She didn't push for better this or better that. So now it leaves that door. Like I said, that door might not be wide open, but her foot's in it. It's a jar. Yeah. It's not going to close again. So there's a chance like the next time they have one of those uh, big all women's pay-per-views, we could see Charlotte Flair competing in it or yeah. Becky Lynch or Ronda Rousey. Exactly. You know? I mean, this... And in the same sense, we could also see if they need a big boost or they want to bring in something that's going to get people buzz and talking. They may pick up the phone. Hey, Mickey, you feel like showing up at WrestleMania? Yeah. You know? So now, that, I mean, that's how that it. works. If they were to have the Impact Knockouts Champion, or for that matter, any Impact Champion, show up at WrestleMania, walk out on that stage holding the Impact, be it world title, tag title, knockout title, X Division title, whatever you want, whatever title you want, imagine the Impact pardon the pun, that that will have on professional wrestling as a whole. The internet exactly. wrestling community will die. And think about something, you know, um, just using this as an example. I know a few years ago at WrestleMania, they did an uh, invitational tag team tournament. It was to set up the return of the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Well, whoever uh, the... That, uh, was a, that was a ladder match, by the way. Or Yeah, it was a, well, it was a tag team title ladder match. Yeah, it's tag team title ladder match, yes. So, imagine whoever the Impact champions are. I don't know, honestly. Uh, I don't even know who the... Uh... Yeah, it was... Well, it turned into a Fatal 4-Way. It was originally going to be a, a triple threat. Yeah. But, imagine having the Impact... Doing an Invitational Tournament and having the Impact champions show up yeah like well like let's let's go down we'll have the good brothers show back up because they're the impact knock they're the impact tag team champions you'll have moose show up he's the impact world champion you have mickey show up she's the impact woman's champion you have um who uh the the, the, the trey miguel who's the impact x division champion well now here's here's another one and you want to talk about setting the uh wrestling world on fire think about uh they love to do open titles or you know open uh challenges for yeah. the u.s title or uh the intercontinental mostly yeah. the u.s yeah let's say for a second here that damian priest decides to have an open challenge and moose answers that could work. Or, and even, or you know, want... this is a lower grade title. So they may even say, you know what? Moose gets the win. Can you imagine 
not the not just the impact of Moose showing up before that title, but that title being seen on the next episode of Impact. Right. That would be huge, man. And let's face it, it will it happen? Nine times out of ten? Probably not. But at least the door is open. And I would say if this Impact WWE partnership becomes something more, we could see a lot of this stuff happen. We could see possibly Impact invading WWE. It may not last long, but we could possibly see that. And, you know, it's like I said, I think it's set up for a lot of things going forward. And I do think that, like I said, the way it was handled with Mickey, and I think Mickey was the perfect to do this because I do believe that Mickey James has the business sense to say, hey, I don't need to go out there and eliminate 12 other people. I don't yeah. need to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Let's, you know, I go out there, I'm building a bridge. I think she's got the business sense to do that. And that's one of the things I've always respected about her. She has always known how to work the business side of it. She's great in the ring. Don't get me wrong. I love her in the ring. I've always liked Mickey James, but she knew how to build outside of it too. Yeah. And that's why I'm thinking probably the next time you're going to see a WWE uh, impact crossover will probably be at some kind of uh, big women's event. Yeah. And you're going to see WWE superstars show up for it. I believe that I believe that actually this partnership, if it does become a partnership with Impact and the AWE, will be better than the AEW one because the AEW one just got over one guy and that was it. Yeah. Let's just call it what it was. One guy got the most success from the AEW partnership, and that yeah. one guy was Kenny Omega. I mean, look, it didn't help the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers are in the same shape that they were in. I mean, to sit there and say, oh, well, they won't, well, they wouldn't be a tag team champion without it. Why wouldn't they? They've been tag team champions every company they've ever been in. They would have been. And, and actually, I think, I think if memory serves, they were going for the tag titles when Kenny showed up. So it would have happened. It would have happened regardless. Um, Yeah, it's just it. There was just that. uh, Sean nailed on it. It was one sided. It was extremely. What was good for Kenny? It was extremely one sided. The entire thing was extremely one sided, and it benefited Kenny. Kenny got a chance to work with his friends from New Japan, and that was it. That's all. That 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 was it. You know, he gets three titles, becomes the belt collector and does nothing with it and that's pretty much how it how it started and how it ended that's how it went down you know and i I want to you know kind of look at it again like i said i think a lot of it comes into tony khan's ideas oh i mean we talking we're talking about the forbidden door well let's for just for a second take a look at other things outside of just the forbidden door. I mean, we do have, that's what they were shooting for. Honestly, they were shooting for a bullet club reunion. They, 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 they literally almost got it. They well, not almost, they did get it. 
because Kenny was part of the Bullet Club, and so was Carl Anderson. And, and I think uh, the bigger, the bigger one to me, just me personally showing up uh, when Switchblade showed up on Impact. Yeah, and actually, and of course, you know, that never went anywhere. But you know what's funny? He's back in Impact now. Really? With with God? Sorry. With God. Oh yeah. God showed up with him. Uh, but like I said, let's take a look at another uh, thing here. What happens when a new uh, a star from another organization comes in? And this one, again, is a, what I, I think where it comes into. I can't answer that right now. Sorry, I'm live. I got a call coming in as well. Uh Look at what they're doing with Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. Jay Lethal is a multiple-time champion in two different organizations. And he is main eventing dark on yeah. YouTube. And actually, for Sean, yes, the Gorillas of Destiny are now in Impact. Who are they again? That's Ming's boys. That's what I thought it was. And yeah, we, we could all hear you. Well, y'all can get over it. Um, anyways. Oh, but like I said, you know, it, it goes past the forbidden door thing with if you won't treat a champion that is under contract to your company any better than dark. Yeah. Look at it, you know. What are they going to do with another company? You know, it, that is one thing I've got to give uh, because one of the biggest holdouts to ever come into the WWE from anywhere was AJ Styles. Yeah. We had pretty much given up on that. Yeah. We did not think we were going to ever get Styles. And then not Styles. in the WWE. And then Styles shows up. Right. And I will give it at first, there was a little bit of a rockiness, you know. But now look at AJ Styles. He's what a two-time WWE champion, two or three-time WWE champion. I think he's been U.S. champion like twice. He's been a t- and, and I believe tag team champion. He's been tag team champion and he's been Intercontinental champion. Oh, he's a Grand Slam champion, pretty much. So you know, right there, at least when he did come into the WWE, when he finally put uh, you know, pen to paper. AJ got treated with the respect that he deserved to have. Well, I still, yeah, the place absolutely went nuts. And I understand why the WWE did this. I still think it's the stupidest, stupidest moment in Royal Rumble history. You have the phenomenal AJ Styles, the guy everyone gave up on and said, no, this is never going to happen. We're never going to see him in the WWE ring. And during his entire, almost entire entrance, we've got Roman Reigns in the ring doing dumb face. Yeah. And I get that they had to do that because you can tell by the reaction of the fans as soon as I am phenomenal, what came up on the Titantron, 
that place went ballistic. It was oh, a huge it didn't just reaction. go ballistic there. It went ballistic at Sean's house too because I was at Sean's house watching that event, and right. I saw when I saw I am phenomenal. I'm like, oh no, no, and then and then I see him come out, and I'm like, oh man, right. It but that that stupid Roman Reigns face, man. It's like. <laughs> For me, that's the thing I'm always going to remember about that event. It's not going to be the, it is going to be the debut of AJ Styles and and Roman Reigns looking like, did I turn Lit- the oven off? Literally, everyone at Sean's house that night popped. I mean, you heard. Oh, everyone. I did too. You heard everyone going, "Oh my God, it's AJ! It's AJ! It's AJ!" Literally, when AJ comes out, dude, through that entrance way. I literally popped. I got up out of my seat and I was like, "Oh my god, it's AJ!" Oh my god! Sorry, I was I watching. Well, I was watching it with Lucas, and I remember that's what. And I think that's one of the things that makes me. It makes it stick out in my head so much, is because I'm sitting there and it's and he's like, "I don't know that music. Who is that? I don't know." And then the crowd erupts, and I'm sitting there like. Get off of the freaking idiot who's coming out on you! <laughs> and I'm, I'm like screaming at the TV. You know, uh, this we will probably should talk about more Sunday, but I'm getting on it right here and right now. No, Riddle was never are, going to win. Everybody this. needs to get off that. We crap. are not doing this. We are not doing this, Joe. We had this conversation on the phone for like an hour and forty five minutes. Right, Riddle. <laughs> Never was, was going to okay. win. Okay, I'm going to say this. Riddle was one of the names that was tossed around. There were Hold 29 on. names tossed around Hold until on. they go, nope, Hold Brock Lesnar. Hold on. It was tossed around that it was going to be either Riddle or Randy. One of those two was going to win the Royal Rumble. And then I will tell you, at the right last minute, now, at the last minute, it was changed bull. to Brock. Bull. And I will tell you why. Why? The Royal Rumble winner was never going to show up on Raw the next night for a 50-lap scooter race. That was was planned last week. That was, again, that was, again, the names that were tossed around was Randy. And I'm telling you, uh, Riddle has as much chance of winning the Royal Rumble as I do. Well... You did, look. You, you got you got your prediction right. Brock Lesnar won, but again, the names that were penciled in was either Randy. At or one time, Riddle. John Knoxville was penciled in. Not really. That was they always around. they always change crap around. Yeah, but again, I'm telling you. Why can't you just from admit, day one? Why from you, day one? No, because everyone's acting like at you know. 935 Vince McMahon goes no let's do Brock I'm not saying that he no. did that from day one saying... the pay-per-view day one they have set up Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and there was only one way that could happen Brock wins the Royal Rumble actually now there's two ways that could happen Brock Lesnar wins the Elimination Chamber no he couldn't he wouldn't have Think been about able to it. Face- Think about it. If he wins the Elimination Chamber, he wins the WWE Championship. We get the unification match still because you know he's right, going to go. Right, but no, 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 no. You missed what for- I said. 
I said the only way he was going to be able to face Roman Reigns was by winning the Royal Rumble, whether he had the title or not. He was a then when he won the title, he became a raw star, a raw superstar. He couldn't face Roman Reigns for the other title because Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. So the only way those two could face was if one of them won the Royal Rumble and challenged the other. I did not see them having Reigns in the Rumble, but I saw Brock. So the only way that could have happened, and I promise you, regardless of what was penciled in in December, that has been the plan since the end of the day one pay-per-view. Actually, that was penciled in after the day one pay-per-view that was going to be Randy or Riddle, but okay. I'm telling you, because they set it up from there. But again, you got your prediction. You won the points for that. Me and you both did, so just deal with it, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's just this whole, oh, Riddle, 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 Riddle. God almighty. It, like I said, he is yeah, uh, Riddle is a ripoff RVD. Yes, but the again, stoner gimmick was done and burned out, so to speak, when RVD did it in two thousand five. Uh, again, like I said, it was Riddle pencil. Is it was a joke. It was pen. So it's Big E. He became the WWE champion. Well, actually. Big E started off not the joke and became the joke. So, yeah, okay, if you want to go with a joke. RVD from Wish. And if you want to go with a joke, being being world champion, David Arquette, enough said. That was Vince Russo, and you're the one that's always suckling up to that teat. No, I'm not. Every time I say something about about it. you Every time I joke. say something about David Arquette being world champion, you're going, but it was in the record books. Wouldn't you have done the same thing? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, you, wouldn't you have done the same thing? No. Yes, you would have. No, Don't sit I here and tell me you wouldn't have. I would not. I, I, I would have died before I put my title on David Arquette. Okay. No. And I like David Arquette. No, here's the no. I'm asking you as as if you were in David's shoes. If you were in David's shoes, you mean to tell me you wouldn't do that? You wouldn't no. do what you wouldn't do what you were told. It wasn't a matter of being for first off, he didn't work for the company. He was doing it as promotion for the movie. Exactly. And it didn't even make so, sense for him to be in it from the movie because of the simple fact was the movie was already coming out on VHS. It wasn't I'm even in cinema. Saying, they, they lost all their it, money with it. It made sense at the time. And it got them on USA Today. You can't tell me it didn't. And that's it, what Vince Russo wanted. Vince Russo accomplished what he wanted. Don't get me wrong. I can't like stand Vince Russo. Russo. And somewhat you right now was stupid. I can't stand Vince Russo. I can't stand Vince Russo. I hate Vince Russo. And I'll agree with that, Anthony. Actually, the, I think the one that was stupid was Bad Bunny. Um, I did get to see him get F5, so I liked it. Well, Shane got F5, too. Yeah, but I've seen Shane get F5. Not Shane never took an F5. Yeah, he has. When? Oh, crap. Oh. I know Vince did, but I don't think Shane ever did. Well, there was that... No, wait, my thing is Stone Cold. I know for a fact Vince took one because it, it broke his rib. 
It actually broke his hip. Was it hip or rib? I know it was one of those. It was his hip. He had to go have surgery. No, Shane never took an F5. He took one at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, still, I don't like Bad Bunny as much as I do Shane. Yeah, I remember when he... And I guarantee you, and this is actually coming from a reputable source, that Shane is apparently booked for WrestleMania, so we all know what that's going to mean. Austin Theory is going to get jumped on. Well, okay, I'm I'm not seeing exactly this connection, which this is really off of the Forbidden Door topic, but oh well. Oh. Yeah, he did, but I still don't like Bad Bunny. Oh. Where is the connection between Shane and Austin and Theory? Are we really going to go, I want my daddy back? Probably. More than likely, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> but then again, Shane's never liked, or Vince has never liked Shane. Probably that's what, that, that, I guarantee you that's going to be what it is. It's going to be Shane wants to get his father's appreciation or Shane wants to fight Austin Theory. I don't I don't know, but we all know it's going to lead to Austin Theory and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Shane McMahon needs to give up on, why am I looking for my phone and I'm talking to it? Oh, okay. <laughs> Lord, help me. Lord help me, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why something just thought it just popped into my head and I'm like, Hey, I need to look at that. In the middle of a live video, I decided, Hey, I need to look at that. Hey, where's my phone? (laughs) It's that thing that's in front of you. Right. On the tripod. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, honestly though, I think that's what's going to happen at Mania. We're going to get Austin theory and Shane McMahon. And of course with the being WrestleMania, Shane McMahon is going to jump off of something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> with the way if he didn't look exactly like Vince, I would believe it. I mean, I always that, go back to the what with the with, with the way that Vince gives birthdays out, like to Stephanie and Triple H, right? And then when it comes to Shane's birthday, happy birthday, go, Shane McMahon. It, it just goes happy birthday at Shane McMahon. But whenever it's Triple H, just like happy yeah. birthday to the greatest son in the world. Yeah, he's a great, uh, great businessman, a great in-ring performer, one of the best fathers I've ever seen. Da, 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 on down the line, like two and a half paragraphs. <laughs> happy like, birthday, Triple H. It's like really, and then the, and then literally. The son that he gave birth to, <laughs> he just goes, Happy birthday at Shane McMahon. That's it. <laughs> that was probably, a, oh crap, it's Shane's birthday. I got it. Oh, here. There. There. I tweeted it. And what's hilarious is, is that Shane actually helped build the house that's going up for sale. That explains a lot. <laughs> well, you know. They do talk about that a lot, and Shane has, uh, yeah, it says so on his business card. Oh, uh, Shane and Vince have had problems. He got so tired with the crap when he was younger going into the WWE that he actually quit, quit and went and became a bricklayer. Well, actually, well, actually, there's that, and on top of that, when, when Shane came back, and I think it was in 2006, um. Vince and Shane had a falling out, and Shane just up and left the company. Right. He didn't come back for a while. 
and then all of his shares went to um went to uh, Stephanie and Triple H. Yeah, he sold them off. But then when he came back, they sold him back. They sold and back. They they sold back one third of it. It enough for him to be counted as a principal owner or some crap. Yeah, but he doesn't. As far as backstage, he he does the show part of it, but he doesn't really have like any kind of like power. Power. No, because him and Vince have never gotten along. <laughs> I, I remember them doing what was it the Royal Rumble and they had like the two mile entrance and they had to get like Mark well, Henry and Braun Strowman and Big Show had the little they had uh, carts yeah, <laughs> a little cart that took them to the ring hey, they got they were blown hey, up by the time they got down there. Hey, remember the WrestleMania, I think it was in Orlando, and it was Iron Taker against uh, Roman, and they had that long entranceway. Iron right. <laughs> Taker pops up in the middle. He's like, I'm not walking that. Right. <laughs> well, can you imagine? I mean, he's already got one of the slowest entrances in wrestling. You put him, what, a quarter of a mile from the ring? By the time he, gets- like, by the time he gets there, it's like, and we're back. And welcome to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Bobby Heenan said at WrestleMania Seven. By the time he gets to the ring, it'd be WrestleMania Thirty Eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they had to give the man some help. I mean, he was banged up anyway. <laughs> he was. He shouldn't have been in that match. Anyways, this this completely divulged into chaos. Yes, um, it did. So, uh, but yeah. anyone who is used to watching us, it knows this is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, they're just getting to the ring. And they're just getting to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's WrestleMania 38, and he's still walking. <laughs> Can Dang. you imagine the big show doing that? <laughs> I mean, it would have been like, how many verses are in his song? Two. Well, it's a big show. It's a big show. That's pretty much it. What verse is it on? Verse 738. <laughs> Where is he? Almost to the hey, end of the entrance. But right? I will tell you who had the who had the fastest entrance, Charles Robinson. He he fucking ran down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we also and, and you always gotta count the warrior in there too. No, Charles Robinson was faster. <laughs> All right, man. That the warrior came running out there at full speed. Yeah, but Charles Robinson broke the sound barrier. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I actually do remember that. That way, that little dude can fly. <laughs> that little dude was—he's like Vince is in the back. I guarantee you, going like this. Send Charles. Send Charles. Send Charles, Charles is gone. He's <laughs> like Charles. We need you in the. Where did he go? Damn it! He was just standing. Oh crap! He's already in the ring. <laughs> He should have played football. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is sad. He probably would have got killed. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and Charles Robinson has the ball. And, oh, crap. It would have been like. He's, it would've, he's not it moving. Would've, it would have been like the towel boy in the comebacks get ripped in half. Right. <laughs> 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 he was running from the parking lot. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. We got about six minutes to finish up here, and well, that's about that. Yeah. Oh God, that when would be hit, that would he, be hilarious. 
And then when he hits the ring, it's not like he even stops. No, he like runs back and forth across the ring, shakes the ropes, and he's sitting there, gets in the ring. He's like, well, hey, you know something? We know where that came from because we know someone that did the same thing. He used to he used to work at a certain place. Um, yeah, that's what happens right. whenever you, that's what happens whenever you do speed backstage. <laughs> well, it was the eighties. There was a whole lot of coke. It used to snow a lot. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> um. So on tap for next Wednesday, if he has seen this show, probably not. Um, <laughs> we are going to have probably the pillar of the tag team division, especially in the early 2000s. Wildcat Chris Harris will be on here live with us talking about all things Wildcat Chris Harris from his WCW days to his TNA days to his days before that to his days in WWE CW. Talking all things Wildcat next week. Yeah. And his return to the, well, I, I would say he's still in the, kind of doing the stuff in Northern Kentucky where he's from. Yeah. And we're going to get caught up with Wildcat. Yeah. Now, gonna, through, uh, tomorrow, coming up next on Northeast Streaming Sports, this is Sports Talk UK. No, it's not. Sports Scope with Robert Butler. Why can I never get that right? Because you, you, you keep looking at the Sunday show and we're yeah. on Wednesday. Right. So, anyways, uh, and not, I know we're not doing the knock knock joke. Yeah, not, no, if it's Bailey, no, I'm not answering the door. And anyways, next week's show is going to be called "Catching Up with the Wildcat." And uh, Sunday, yeah, <laughs> we're going to go back to the Royal Rumble. We're going to talk about, and this could be a Royal Rumble if Numbnut there doesn't get off Matt Riddle. Uh, yeah, we're going to go back to the Royal Rumble. We're going to discuss what should have happened at the Royal Rumble. Riddle should have won. What should have, um, could have, but wasn't real. Riddle should have won the Royal Rumble. I'm going to stand by that. Um. Anyways, yeah. that's the hill I'm going to die on, okay? <laughs> <laughs> of all the hills in wrestling, you're going to pick Riddle should have won the Royal Rumble. <laughs> that just shows you ain't got the sense God gave a turn up. Well, anyways, and... Um, for those of you who are paying attention to the weather, uh, there is a wrestling show happening uh, this Saturday that, unfortunately, me and Joe might not be able to go to. But if we do, it's going to be TCW in Monticello, Kentucky. Right. That is going to be happening Saturday. Door uh, Doors open at is it uh, 6, bell time yeah. 7.30? Yeah, 6 and bell time 7.30. Uh, you know, hopefully – the weather is going to permit us to be there. Uh, right now, it's not looking very good. If you live in the Lexington area, you know what I'm talking about. I've heard anywhere between one to two inches of snow to one to three inches of snow and an inch of ice on top of that. And that is just not going to be good. So, No. Uh, and, and like we said, stay tuned for Sports Out with Robert Butler right after this on Roku. But for right now, we'll see you and bid you adieu. Same two guys time, same two guys channel. Peace.